and he's like, Luke, I am your father. And then David Spade walks in. No. I've never seen Star Wars, but I have seen Tommy Boy. You've never seen Star Wars? No. Empire Strikes Back? I don't know. Is that a Star Wars movie? Return of the Jedi? That's Star Wars movie, right? Yeah. No. Wow. Hey, I'm a Trekkie. And I feel like that's as much as I need in my life. I don't need more stars. Luke. Uh, man, can we have like a fan? I want to. I want a fan now, and now I need to talk into one. La 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 lo 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 lo. He does all of that. <laughs> this is our daily red, a podcast during which we drink a bottle of red wine. Yum. We talk about something we've read today. Ooh. And we get into something provocative uh, without blowing up our marriage. Mm, let's hope. That's Ashley. And he is Barker. And the kids are in bed, I hope, I think. Y- yeah. Uh, the youngest is out. She's she's zonked. Done. <laughs> that leaves one. Not zonked, not done. She's still pretty tired. We're good. Well, good. So we should get pouring. Yeah, let's do it. So you don't know what I've brought tonight. Because I don't have my glasses on, so I can't even really see what the label is. (laughs) That just looks like a bottle of red wine from where I'm seated. So I went down to the cellar, the the basement, the dank. I'm sorry. Calling it a cellar is like really disingenuous. stick to cellar. We have a basement that's fairly dank. It's where the sump pump is. It is. It's where the boxes of Halloween and Christmas decorations are. Yep. It has flooded in the past. Yep. And that's where we store our wine. (laughs) But we also store yummy things that we've made, like that delicious plum rosemary jam that I made, which we will enjoy this winter. And pickles. It's also where our emergency apocalypse, you know, zombie apocalypse. No, no, no. Don't tell people that. We don't want them to know because then if there is an apocalypse, we're going to be like ground zero. They're going to want to come here. They're well, we going to want to steal our, our address. stuff. We didn't say where we live. Some people know where we live. Don't don't share too much. Well, I went down to the cellar. Okay. So here's what happened is this week we got a new shipment from one of our favorite wineries, Close Solen, in Paso Robles, California. Ooh, and Paso. And because we got a new shipment, I decided to go down to the cellar okay and find an older bottle so this is a 2018 um blend it's a blend of well it's it's largely cabernet sauvignon 80 percent, and also petit verdot it's the varietal they call it the l'insolent which is french for the insolent and you what can, was that say it slow for us americanos and while i pour my glass of wine you can define insolent for us Oh, is that what it, the word was? Insolent. Insolent. How would I define it? Uh, someone who's argumentative? I don't know. Insolent. The, the winery is named after the winemaker's wife, Solène, uh, a, a, a lovely woman. Um, and the winemaker's Guillaume. So Guillaume and Solène, they run this winery in Paso Robles, which is in the central coast of California. And they are like... Another of our favorite winemakers, uh, a couple who were, who are French. They were living in France, 
And there are a lot of rules in France about what kind of wine you can make from a particular region, what kind of blends, what you can call it. Uh, it's heavily, heavily regulated. And he is among a handful of folks we know who decided to move to California where they could do what they wanted to. They could grow the varietals they decided, where they decided. They can blend what they want, how they want, and break the French rules a little bit while being Frenchmen. Yeah, the description on the back, God, this is such a heavy bottle. (laughs) It is like my whole thumb fits in the punt. Um, How do you pronounce this again? La Insolent? La Insolent. Sure. <laughs> Reveals what Cabernet Sauvignon is capable of in a region like Paso Robles. Upon arriving in California's Central Coast, our insolent young winemakers set out to make a masculine but delicate, full-bodied but elegant, controversial but personal blend. Um, so first of all, I think it's important that our listeners know that it is pronounced Paso Robles. It is spelled, it's Spanish, it means the way of the robbers, I believe. Robbers? No. Robles. No, that's a a type of tree. I thought we looked this up. I thought it was the the robbers. Well, anyway, people see this Spanish name, uh, P-A-S-O, new word, R-O-B-L-E-S, and they say Paso Robles. But it's not. Everybody, oh, everybody yeah, lives there because right. of Paso White Robles. Oak. It's an oak tree yeah. of California having leathery leaves and slender pointed acorns. Oh, that reminds me of a joke. Can I tell you a joke? Yes. So I grew up in San Diego where many, many places have uh, Spanish names, meaning neighborhoods, cities have Spanish names. And what happens is you have people people come visit you from other places and they like, oh, what are you going to do while you're here in San Diego? Oh, well, we're going to go up to La Jolla and we're going to um, maybe go check out uh, uh, es- Escondido. Uh, you know, <laughs> Escondido. There's, there's a there's a place, a beach place up there called Encinitas that, that we want to go to. And you say, no, 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 no. Uh, it's pronounced La Jolla. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about Escondido mm-hmm. and you're talking about maybe Encinitas. Yes. And... They go and explore the town. They go around all of the San Diego communities and they say, after they get back, they say, we did it. We went and saw La Jolla. Yeah. We went to Encinitas. And we also stopped by this very charming little town inland called La Casita. And you start scratching your head. I don't know La Casita. I've never heard of that. Show me on the map where you went. And they show you the map and you say, oh, you went to Lakeside. The mix. The mix. <laughs> anyway, so it is, sorry, it's Paso Robles. What, what's the other one in California? Los Banos. Los Banos. Los Banos? Yeah, Los Banos. And obviously it's Banos. Is the, Which means bathrooms? The baths. Oh, not bathrooms, yeah. just baths. No, what's the one that means eggs? Uh, Salida. Salida. They well, pronounce it Salida. And don't forget Manteca, or a bit people Manteca. Yeah. Which means like pork lard. Yeah. There's literally a city in the Central Valley of California called Pork Lard. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep, yep. Sounds much prettier in the Spanish. I know. It was fun when I actually went to Spain and I saw Spanish street names and and I was like, oh, this is where all these names came from, but they mean actual street and people There are names. so many neighborhoods in California that have all Spanish street names. So it'd be like going to a suburb in somewhere in Spain outside of Madrid or whatever, and all the street names are like... Main Street. Yeah. Maples, <laughs> Maple Lane. Mountain View. <laughs> we get a lot of mountain views or Monte Vistas. So it's it actually cool though living up it's it's I kind of love it though up here in the Pacific Northwest where we get a lot of um Native American words like Salish and Duwamish words like I I actually I really love it. I love the the mix the diversity of it it's cool even though i have no idea what the words mean or they honestly, could mean how to par- say them they could mean pork lard i wouldn't know <laughs> no all right what do we think of this wine well look i i can immediately tell when this wine goes to my nose that it is a paso robles wine for sure um, it's just so familiar. It smells like hot, dusty. Oops. I don't know. I don't remember what happened in the year 2018, so I can't say whether it was a wet year or a dry year. I I know that this is honestly still young for this wine. It, That's what I was going to say. It still feels a little tight. So we're talking about a five-year-old kind of wine. Bitter. It's kind of what? It's bitter on the back of the palate. It's really nice and silky on the front of the palate, but the back, maybe it just has too much tannin for me i opened it uh but recorked it about an hour ago so this probably could i also did not decant it it probably could have benefited from decanting yeah and sitting out a little while longer so as we talk maybe it'll open up it smells delicious but paso robles i don't think we've talked about a paso robles wine yet we should this. also describe what this wine looks like. Oh, well, say. Yeah, go for it. So this wine is such a dark, dark red color. It almost looks black in our glass. Uh, it has no legs. It ha- Like the legs are, are clear. So when you're talking about wine, you're talking about legs. You know, you kind of tilt the glass to the side a little bit and you see what is what kind of drips down on the side. Yeah, so how viscous is it? How, how viscous, syrupy. Yeah. yeah. And in some wines, the legs are the color of the wine. They're the red, the purple, the maroon, what have you. Whereas this one, it's so interesting. The wine is so dark, but the legs, there's, it's all, like, there's almost well, there none. Hardly, there hardly aren't legs. It's, it's coating the whole glass rather than leaving these legs of dripping down the glass. It's yeah. coating the whole glass. It's almost like it's it's like an oil. I mean, it's clear. It's There's nothing to it. I will say so that some of the other wines. Fascinating. In, in this region of Paso Robles, some of the other wines that we have liked historically have huge alcohol. So yeah. you're talking about 16% alcohol. Yeah. And they coat your tongue. You, you you leave a tasting room and your tongue is literally purple. Yeah. Your palate is wiped. Now, Guillaume makes wines from that region with a little bit more finesse. Yeah. I I don't sure. think his alcohol level is that high. In fact, I'm looking at the back of the bottle here. Um, I'm going to say it's 15. It still feels pretty high. It's exactly 15. Yeah. As it says it on the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we know sometimes those numbers can be 
fudged. Fudged. Not that we're uh, making that assumption. No no accusations. We're not accusing. It's usually when you see like 15.9. Yeah. Oh, that crap. That's over 16% alcohol, but they're trying to uh, keep it as a wine, not a hard liquor. Yeah. Yeah, we've, uh, I've definitely been victim of the Paso Robles high alcohol in some of their bottles. Ooh, let's talk about that. We went to a tasting at one of the wineries we really liked down there. And, or it was a barrel tasting. So you went around to different barrels, different stations. And we can say it was the, it's the other Frenchman, the, the pioneering. No, it was Booker. Oh, it wasn't La Ventura. Uh, maybe it was La Ventura and then we went to Booker afterward. Okay. You're right. Maybe it was Love and Tour. I think Love and Tour is what did it to you. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And I I didn't go around once to these five stations. I went around multiple times. Tasting out of barrels. Yeah. And yeah, I guess then we made the mistake of going to another winery for a tasting. Yeah, that's right. And we didn't even get to. I was like, I don't think I can do my own. And at one point, I just left Barker in the tasting room and went out into the vineyard and decided to take a nap between <laughs> the grapevines because I was I was I was done. I the the alcohol had gotten to me from the heavy eleven tour wines. And the thing is is they're beautiful wines. They're big and they're bold and sometimes they're really you know, they've got that like the barnyard funk and the white pepper and the dust. And like it's just le- le- leather leather. Like. It's just this like amazing mix. But yeah, it's a it's a big wine. It is high alcohol, big flavors. You can really only drink like one bottle of the like a Paso wine and then you're you're good. Uh especially since we've moved up here to Washington where our palates totally change. You know that is it's, it's hard. There is something really strange about that where we will be in the central coast of California in Paso Robles drinking these huge red wines and they taste right. They make yeah. sense. They feel like this is what comes from here. Yeah, this is what you do. But then we open a bottle of wine here in the Seattle area and it doesn't feel right. It feels like, why am I drinking this here? It doesn't yeah. make sense. It, it it doesn't. And and I don't even think we, we don't have that. And, and maybe that's why we like all those Oregon wines because it's, it's part of the Pacific Northwest and there's something about being in a wet space and drinking a wine that's very loamy and minerally and not hot and heavy. Yeah, a thousand um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a really big nose. There's so much going on. You've got a really big nose. I think that's a compliment coming from you. <laughs> I had to say it. Oh, man. Is the alcohol already hitting me? <laughs> the 15%. I'm like, you've got a really big nose. Super sharp. Super clever. I know. That was terrible. This stupid daylight savings time. <laughs> like what time is it it's midnight right no, no it's not midnight it feels like it though we should talk about that yeah it's fucked up so we woke up this morning in the pitch blackness to the sound of our cat no i didn't wake up in pitch blackness i woke up to light way too early well i woke up to it to loki scratching our chair out there and i think it's because he thought it was time for breakfast i i think Okay, so the first thing you need to know is that in the winter in the Pacific Northwest, the daylight hours are short and the cloud cover is constant. 
So you might not have but four or five hours of daylight a day. Everybody knows Maybe. about Alaska. Alaska, where you have six months of light, six yeah. months of dark. Well, we're halfway from California to Alaska. So we're halfway between that. So we're sort of not, we're not Alaska, but very short days in the winter, not a lot of light. And then you come along and you say, let's roll back the, the hour, the, the day by an hour, which means by 3 4 o'clock, it's dark. It's crazy. It makes no sense. It was so funny because when I was on the phone with my parents earlier or doing a video call, and it was, what, 5 o'clock? Yeah. It was still kind of light out for them. It was black. Black. Outside our window. You know what's interesting to me is that, and I've talked about this with my friends who live in London, they're closer to the North Pole. Than, than we are? Than we are. Really? I thought it was right about the same, no? They're technically a little bit higher up. Huh. But for what are... I think it's their cloud cover is not as pervasive as... I, I don't know. Everyone always talks about London being like dreary. But no one ever... I never got the sense that it was like dark and people were having a hard time in the winter. You're right about that. People talk about dreary and wet, and but the, people don't talk about London and they don't say dark. Yeah, they don't say like, oh, I'm I'm living in darkness. Here it's dark. So here's here's what I will I will posit to our UK based listeners because I know we have a few of them. Tell us what is it like when you know winter hits. Is it really dark or is it just foggy and cold and wet and you still get more hours of sunlight than we do in Seattle. I'd love to hear. This is something I would love to look up on my phone right now, but you've forbidden me from doing those things with the podcast. No, recording. I need that. I need the constant eye contact. Ah, that, oh, that, oh, you do need the con- I need oh. it. I need it. Oof. This is the only time in our lives that we talk so i need the dedicated time this is it yeah this is what people we, don't realize we do the whole we don't talk if we phones, don't have a microphone you know 18 inches from each other but looking at our phones yeah. the rest of our no i'm kidding i actually did see that today at shake shack which i've decided is overrated yeah and i did see many many couples in there during lunchtime today uh just staring down at their phones it is depressing super depressing i've i mean as you know i when i've traveled for work and i'm sitting by myself at a restaurant i look around and i see couples who are essentially sitting by themselves at a restaurant yeah, together they're doing exactly what you're doing yeah which is you're looking at your phone because you're by yourself i'm by myself maybe you have an earbud in maybe you're looking at or your phone. i brought a book or whatever or i'm like talking to the bartender but, but however but you're are, actually you're actually paying more attention to your surroundings yeah, than they are yeah and they're like they're looking at their phones I, and i there's been times where i've actually I probably shouldn't, but I've oh, like taken do. photos. You, oh, take. Oh, I was gonna say you say something. To no, them? I've taken photos, and at some point I'll do a montage because it's it's sad, it's depressing, uh, and it's funny too because uh, I was thinking about that today when I, you know, I got a Marco Polo video with a friend making fun of someone I knew in college. She saw him on the street and he was looking at his phone while on a walk with his family, and I was just like. 
damn, now I got to be really thoughtful about making sure that I'm also not that person. Because uh, I think it could be easy if you're like looking at a map or looking up, you know, restaurant recommendations or whatever. And then suddenly you're off on a total side avenue looking at Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, where you're like, I was just trying to look up a restaurant recommendation. And anyways. Do, do, do other people know what Marco Polo is? Well, I'll describe it. It's an app where you can send video messages to each other. So it's it's really great, particularly for someone like me who has an Android with my friends who have iPhones, oh, yeah, yeah. because it's an app that fits for both, and you're not kind of being like you know. Does it feel so it's, it's sort of like an asynchronous conversation? Does it feel like you're having a conversation back and forth, or does it feel like it's just video messages, or does it feel like call and response, like? They say this, I say that. It just happens to be on my own schedule, on my own time. Does it feel yeah, that Yeah, it's a little bit like that where you're kind of having a conversation with someone over time. But what the downside of it is if someone will ask you a question or say something and you want to respond to that specific point, you have to, you can't, right? So you basically mm. have to wait till you finish watching the video, record another oh, one. Oh, I see. So there's been, I got one from my friend Kelly and it was so long that I've, it's like I'm not going to remember all these questions. You need to take notes. I took notes. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I need to ask her about her dogs, and she's asking about Tibby. And like, I just, I was like, it's all one right. thing if it's a 30 second message, but if it's a yes. three minute message with a lot of information, you're like, oh, I'm. Well, in this case, I think it was over 10 minutes. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, they can be pretty marathon. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty long, but it's nice though because it's, it's good. It's like you're not having the obligation of trying to find a time and do a video call and seeing if it fits yeah. into your schedule. It's kind of like just whenever it works. So Yeah, but to our point just now about like actually engaging and looking in someone's eyes, you know, it, it's also not that. It's not. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be a substitute for real world conversation, real time conversations. I think it's a nice supplement between those big phone conversations that's interesting all right well i think the wine is opening up a little bit more it definitely is starting to have more of a um kind of like a liquor like is there a licorice it's like nutty and liquor it's almost i'm trying to figure out what the flavor profile is like sticky for sure I was about to say caramel or toffee yeah and you said sticky right as i was swallowing yeah it's got like a sticky it's got sticky texture. It's got a sticky flavor. Have you read anything good today? Or interesting? Or provocative? Well, or... you know, I am still... I, I've been really... Fo- and I know we try not to focus on the news of the day in this one, but I would say this is a news cycle that is continuing over the last few weeks. And I think the the closure of Convoy, the Seattle-based supply chain startup, is one that I've just really been paying attention to. And I think because of my own experience having worked in supply chain at Amazon and spending two days at Flexport in this same space, (laughs) like I just, I find it really interesting, but I find it particularly interesting from the perspective of how this company did not have enough money in its bank account to pay its employees severance. Well, yeah, and it so here's is the deal. Shocking to me. 
you've done a lot of work in your career on labor law yeah. and the way to treat employees, uh, maybe who are unionizing, maybe who have certain you know, bargaining rights or whatever it is, and and also through layoffs. And the tech industry, I don't know if you consider Convoy to be in there. They're a yeah, tech, yeah, it was tech a startup. Yeah. So the tech industry over the past year has been doing a lot of layoffs. It is Mark Zuckerberg's year of efficiency, which essentially means, huh, we have too many people around. We actually don't need them in order yeah. to put out our product. Uh, let's use this as an exa- as an opportunity to, um, you know, thanks to Elon Musk showing you can lay off eighty percent of a workforce and still have a minimum viable product. Uh, let's let's use this as an opportunity to cut whatever it is twenty thirty percent of our every stuff. company is doing every company doing though. that. Well, when you do that, and you're better to talk about this than yeah. I am, there are laws. If you lay off one person, fine. If you lay off five people, eh, okay. If you lay off a significant number, a certain percentage of your workforce. I said that word weird. Yeah. Significant. This is Paso Wyatt's hitting us. (laughs) This will be a really fun podcast. (laughs) If you lay off a, I'm going to say without you laughing. If you lay off a significant portion or number of employees, laws are triggered that require you to do certain things. Yeah. And one of those things is give notice or give severance, right? How's that work? Well, yeah, and I, I'm trying to remember if it's if it's a it's a mix of both, where the notice does have to include your base pay for a certain period of time. So in my experience, I dealt with this when Amazon closed some of its or relocated some of its fulfillment centers. And so I had to get very, very familiar with Warren and saying, okay, now we've got from this date to this date, we've got essentially like 60 days in which we have certain milestones we have to hit. By the way, that's pretty genius that an act that is, hey, we're giving you notice that you're going to lose your job is called the WARN Act. That was perfect. That's pretty great. What does that stand for? It's an acronym, clearly. What is that? W A R N. What does that stand for? Oh, I never remember. Okay, like, it doesn't worker matter. Worker something notification. Worker something something notification. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, so you're supposed to, if you know there's going to be a mass layoff, you basically have to give workers a notification that it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just you can't just close the door. You can't just put a sign on the door and be like, "All right, you you no longer have a job." That is, to a certain degree, it's against the law. Which you can do if you have a smaller workforce. I mean, we see restaurants do that all the time. Yeah, a restaurant closes and hey, oh, nineteen employees. Yeah, just oh, they saw a sign on the door or they got an email that said you have your shifts canceled. So it's a there's a threshold. What yeah, is the you have is to it, have a certain number. Yeah, you have to have a certain number of employees, and I'm I'm trying to remember if it. I believe it's at least over. It, it's at least forty. So the idea is like it's mm. a percentage of the workforce with any particular location. So my understanding on this convoy story that's bugging you, and I want to get into why it's bugging you, is they shut they laid off everybody. What five hundred ish, five hundred people, yeah. and they were done and they said we're out of money and they had no money to pay severance they didn't give any warning and these people were just like i had a job yesterday i don't have a job today i don't have any severance i don't have anything yeah so that's 
that's awful. That's terrible. It sounds like it's really horrible. bad management. But why is it bugging you so much? Because it's so freaky. Like there's something about it where, and and I and I, m- my understanding from people I've spoken with who worked at Convoy, as a lot of people had left with over the last six months. Like they'd kind of seen the signs. They knew things were not great, so they had actively sought out new roles at, at other companies. Um, but it's so freaky to be at this, you know, this, the startup was really, you know, it was founded or funded by Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. And it was just kind of the darling. Yeah. I mean, it had massive early funders and I had even just been reading an article like the week of this announcement from like from Convoy talking about how their platform helps to decrease trucks with empty cargo and like that they've got, you know, so they seem from all outside purposes to be doing okay. And then for all of a sudden them to, and, and this coverage really was actually triggering to me from my own experiences that essentially the the way it had been leaked is that they had essentially stopped all orders uh, with their customers. And that's how people were starting to realize, oh, something's wrong. And I I just, I feel, I, I like have such empathy for the people who worked there. Should we move on to what I read today? I would love to know what you read today. Because it may agitate you. Or should we move on? Okay. Uh, you want to be at? I think, I think you're that look in your eyes. And I know you can't even see me from me. By the way, we are like four feet away. And I can <laughs> tell that you cannot see me. I I can see you. You can't see my you're expressions. Very you can't fuzzy. see the, You can't see my eyeballs. I can see the whites of your eyes. Ooh, it's I can see the eyebrow go up. It's a lie. My eyes are jaundiced and yellow, not white. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. So let's get into it. Okay? Okay. Here we go. We live in the Seattle area. Yes. And there have been a number of TV shows over the years that have highlighted the Seattle area. In fact, there's one I would love to look up and figure it out. It was called Here Come the Brides. It ran for two years in the late 1960s. Oh. And it was about the like lumberjack era of like, oh. you know, wait, you know, whatever, post-Civil War era, lumberjack era here when they like shipped in a bunch of women because it was so male dominated here in the Pacific Northwest. You've, you've heard this about the Seattle history, right? Yeah, of course. I didn't know there was a TV show Apparently about it. Apparently there was a, two, two seasons this TV show ran uh, about- You know, they tried to make that show about Jamestown a few years ago. Yeah. I, I couldn't get into it. But, 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 but it's just kind of gross because, yeah, there was a bunch of men lumberjacks and a lot of them were like Danish and Dutch and like Scandinavian, right? Uh, folks who were... Well, they came in a little bit after. Whatever. A bunch of lumberjacks here. Not a lot of ladies. Apparently, there was a, a local initiative to ship in a bunch of, you know, would-be brides. And they made a, they made a show about it, which is really interesting. I mean... That's I, cool. I get that it happened. We gotta find it. it. We, we need to find it. We also know that Grey's Anatomy 
was ostensibly located at Harborview Medical Center, which is like preparing because I know you're going to just talk about Frasier. Everybody knows Grey's Anatomy. Maybe people forget that that was in Seattle and it, it was actually modeled after a real hospital, Harborview Medical Center, which is the place you go in the middle of the night or yeah. like if you have if you're indigent it's not the place you want to go if yeah. you actually have health insurance and whatnot. As we we have a listener here who had to take her son there when oh. he got a concussion and she said it was i mean she's probably like screaming right now hearing this because she had a horrible experience there i can imagine yeah. i would not want to go there wow by the way gray's anatomy is still on tv i it's cannot been on TV believe for- that Two decades? I mean, at this point, it's competing with soap operas like All My Children and Days of Our Lives. Absolutely. It's like there's no difference at this point. I was pausing for a very clumsy wine pour that just happened. It's a heavy bottle. It's really (laughs) heavy. So maybe most people know... When it comes to Seattle TV series, series based in Seattle, yep. maybe most people know Dr. Fraser Crane, <sighs> whose catchphrase was, I'm listening. And I will let you in on a little secret. Ashley loves Frasier loved it as a kid loved it when it came out which is really weird because it came out when mm-hmm. you're like nine years old or something like this is not yeah. this is not a tv show targeted toward your age group but you loved it you watched it we watch it all the time here we we, we yeah. pull up our kids now watch it because we watch it so well, much they and- actively don't want to watch it it's like Frasier and rick steves they don't want to watch because they'd rather watch their own show well of because course. they've watched like Every episode. It's not remotely novel. And and I say that we actually don't watch a whole lot of TV in this house at all. But when we do turn on the TV, that's it's often Frasier. Yeah. If I'm sick or I'm in a bad spot and I just it's like comfort food. It's it's like chocolate milkshake and a French fries. TV equivalent for me is Frasier. I'm I, listening. I just, I, I, and I knew the show. I was introduced to it. Obviously, I watched it with my parents because they had been big fans of Cheers. And so it was a big deal when that spinoff happened because people did not think it was going to be successful. They were like, oh, spinoffs, those rarely ever work. It's, it's, it, well, I was about to say there's that's only tr- been a few. I was about to say that's true, but actually, I would need to go back and do like a spreadsheet because Better Call Saul successful spinoff, um, not as successful as Breaking Bad though. Well, not Let's as be real. successful. No, 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 not as successful. Yeah, but like successful, very successful. Like Mork and Mindy, I think was a spinoff that people often connect. Of what? Uh, I think. Uh, what was it? Oh my gosh. My if my parents were listening, they would be able to. They'd be like, "Well, this is not a TV history, yeah, uh, especially boomer television." Yeah, bleh, bleh. Like (laughs) Rhoda was Golden Girls a spinoff of Rhoda? No, it wasn't. No, Rhoda a spinoff of something? Whatever. Yes, these are are old. Rhoda. Nobody knows these shows. Was from Mary Tyler Moore show. Nobody knows this shit. And that's not the point I wanted to make. The point I wanted to make is. You love Frasier so much mm-hmm. that you have your own Frasier fan fiction that you've written. Yes. You have your own reboot idea, which is 
fantastic yes. to bring up to the modern era. Yes. However, you have now been shoved aside because Frasier has been rebooted or renewed. Yeah. And there's a new Frasier that started this month and you have refused to watch it. Yeah. As much as you love Frasier, you have refused to watch the new Frasier. I don't like reboots. I think they're really awkward. Uh, I didn't. I. I think. I think it was Fuller House, honestly, Oof. that just like fucked me on that one. Oh. Which I think it wasn't bad. Like I, we watched. I remember I watched the first episode of that, and it was so cringe. The old sitcom format i think is just it's it's gone the way of the dodo it just doesn't exist anymore if there's a new show that rolls out with that sitcom format i am not into it it seems cheap it seems like it's so cheap amateur-y the laughter I mean, I again, this isn't a podcast about TV history, but I would say I think shows like The Office killed the laugh track mm, because The Office mm-hmm. was the first sitcom that came out and it was straight to camera. I think, what did they call it? Like a two camera show or whatever. There was mm. no laugh track. They weren't on a set. I think that era of being on a three-walled stage with a audience and a laugh track is archaic well and i'm okay to watch it it's either an audience or a laugh track but either one is like here's the deal though like i'm happy to watch those from shows that i know like again i'm happy to watch old episodes of frasier from the 90s whereas they have yeah because i know that was part of the show it's like cheers like filmed before a live studio audience but you don't watch the shitty ones no one's watching episodes of day by day yeah or like what is it the King of Queens or whatever. Yeah, the fuck. no one's watching that shit in syndication. They're watching sucked. Office. Great. Yeah, you watch Frasier. You watch yeah. Cheers. But like, yeah, you're not watching. You're watching the great ones. You're not watching the schlocky yeah, ones. Oh, th- sorry. That's why I like that show about that. What was it like? Fuck Kevin or whatever. Oh yeah. Where they completely make fun of that genre. It was the woman from what show was Shit's she in? Creek. Yeah. So the daughter, the blonde daughter from Shit's Creek was then in that like, yeah, go, go fuck Kevin or, or, or ah. Yeah. What was it called? It was great. It was so good because remember she switched from like sitcom world to that dark. That was great. It was. And I loved it because again, it's that premise of. uh this happens with us so much. We like watch a thing, we like a thing, but we don't continue on with it yeah. because there's just so much content. Anyways, too so much th- content that, creation. That <laughs> like this podcast. Uh, Keep listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Are you listening? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that's why. Like, so I'm I'm not excited that the Frasier reboot is back in sitcom format. Well, and it's on. Is it on one of the major networks? Like ABC or whatever. Like, what? Where is it? Where is it showing? We're not advertising it, but like, gosh, you know? I don't even know. Because I feel like the the one little intro I saw, it seemed like ABC. Like it's got to be NB- it seemed, NBC. It was old the, school. NBC was the the owner of the original. Your concept. So it's got to be on Peacock then. Prior to this happening, your concept yep. for a rebirth of Frasier was fantastic thank you and it was new and it and it was uh modern 
and uh, not just same old Frasier, same old tropes, worse writers, which is what it appears that's also back in Boston. Fuck that. Not in Seattle. Screw you. Well, I know it's kind of a weird one. I don't. I mean, I get that they tried to make the whole Freddy. They're trying to build the relationship with Freddy, like his relationship with Marty. Nobody cares about but Freddy. The, the Freddy Farty. I got him Freddy. Well, f- <laughs> like Freddy being a firefighter just feels really out of character. It totally. just doesn't make any sense, and so I just. I kind of feel like, oh, it's their way of introducing maybe for a younger audience or something. But I just, I'm, I'm. That's exactly, you just hit on it. Yeah. You just hit on it. They're not trying to do it for a younger audience. They're trying to do it for the original Frasier audience. Hopefully you all, which again, you were too young to actually like Frasier. I don't know why you liked it at like whatever, nine years old. But they're they're trying to do it for. The, I have my theories. They're doing it for like the fifty and sixty and seventy year olds who loved Frasier, and they want just like a light hearted version of Frasier. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I and I think it's it's true. It's like I think. Oh, it's, I you just, have, oh, you no, have boomers no, who want to no. be transported back to that world of Cheers, like back to I the eighties. <laughs> I just sparked on a wild idea. Okay, what is it? Remember, Cheers was a fantastic TV show. Yes, about a bar. One of the best. I mean, truly, that you're gonna fantastic. you're gonna connect so many dots right now. Okay, here we go. We've got a very unique little bar in our town. Okay, and if we modeled a TV show on that little bar, and that show would be called Daphne's. Daphne Moon from Frasier. Oh my Daphne god. Daphne Daphne's the bar. The unique bartender, who by the way is sober. How can he possibly How make crazy is that? How can he make drinks? He's so I, I, it flips my mind. Is he gonna be more of the Sam or the Woody? Cause I think Woody was No, uh, he'd be more of like Diane. Like he'd he'd be more of like oh. a the straight sober person who's like, I'm making the drinks. Based on exact millimeter things. And I know yes. it's going to be great every time because I'm not going to taste it. Because have you ever been to a bar and someone makes you a drink and then they they do the straw thing where they yes. put a straw in, their finger over the top of the straw, and they drop the, the drink from the straw into the mouth to make sure it tastes nice. And then they serve it to you. Like, you can't do that as a sober person. No. Also, why are you making drinks as a sober person? It seems like a bad place to be in. It would be It would be like if you're a vegetarian and you work at a hamburger joint. Like, you're going to eat a hamburger at some point. Yeah. You're going to. be great. You're going to. But maybe that's, I mean, I don't know. Stop with the cat. He's so cute. Cats are not audiophonic. Face. Is that a word? Audiophonic? I don't know. Oh my gosh, he's resting his little chin on his paw. He's so cute. <laughs> Can you think of anything that you're looking forward to in the next few days? Oh, looking forward to... Well, so I am making a cake for the school auction dessert dash and 
I call it a dessert dash. Because you run to go pick up your... So you basically put in a bid to be one of the first people to get the cake. And then you have someone from your table who runs to get a dessert and bring it back. Because ostensibly the idea is the cake or the desserts left at the end of it are not going to be as good as the ones that people want at the beginning. Oh, you should make the, you should aim to make the shitty one. No, no that's not, that's not remotely within my core essence. Um, so I am excited because I'm going to be making a champagne cake. So I I want to get I want I I mean I think I know I have the recipe right but I want to make sure that I do the decorating on the outside right so anyways I'm ex- I'm excited to kind of like I think we're gonna I'm probably gonna do a little test run here in the house in the, this week a test run oh you're gonna do a a, a pre cake before yeah. you make the actual cake well that's smart actually yeah I want to pressure yeah I want to try it because. There's going to be that 48-hour lag so between when I make it and when the auction is. Oof, that's that's actually a big deal. Yeah, so I want to make sure I've got that. And then I also want to test out the decorating too because I want to make sure it looks – I'm trying to make it like a – the theme of the auction is a night in Nashville, which is silly to me because I've spent <laughs> nights in Nashville and they were not fancy. They okay. were not – Okay, so there's two things about a night in Nashville because, yes, so our – school community essentially they wanted a country theme i've never been to nashville you have and the only thing i know from your night stay in nashville is woo woo girls the woo girls tell tell me what the woo girls are so so nashville is like the bachelorette party capital of the usa and for whatever reason, the city of ten or the state of Tennessee allows people just to ride freewheeling, no seatbelts, nothing in the beds of pickup trucks, and these these trucks just drive around downtown Nashville playing super loud boy band music. I think there's a keg on there, and every time this the the car goes, you hear this troop of girls or we women. I mean, these are women truly in their 30s. They're all wearing like cut off shorts and t shirts, and they all go woo at every intersection. Oh, I woke up. The yeah, your cat did not like that. Uh, anyways, I I have a friend when he was living in Nashville, and we would be on work calls, and you could hear them in the background. We'd be on this call talking about like employment policy and then all of a sudden you'd hear hit me baby one more time Woo! <laughs> coming from the streets below it was hilarious so i've i've experienced that in nashville i've gone the honkies in nashville i've been to restaurants where i've given fake name like nashville is a nice place but in my experience walking up and down broadway on work trips it's not a fancy place. I have not been to Nashville. Your stories inform me, but also, uh, not to invoke another podcast, but Dave Chang uh, talked about Nashville. Oh, we could invoke that one. That's a great podcast. Dave Chang gave Nashville the title... 
he didn't seem super convicted about it, but it's kind of like when you say something out loud and you decide, I'm going to commit to this. Yeah. He gave Nashville the title of the drunkest city in America and was describing it as you're there and it just smells like barf and... Oh, that, I mean, I would say that's not super generous. I mean, that's, I wouldn't It's totally, clearly not generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not nice. Um, I I would say I would agree on the inebriation because it is a place where people just go and get drunk and listen to music. Yeah, and his deal was like, you see people there who are drunk the way you see people drunk in the movies. And you're like, oh, I thought there was a Hollywood drunk. No, not Hollywood drunk. Like, people in Nashville are drunk that way every weekend. Like, just but sloppy again, it's drunk. it's a lot of outer... It, it's a lot of out-of-towners, right? It's oh, the I'm sure it's not Nash- party. No, no, no. It's not yeah. a comment on people who live in Nashville. Yeah. It's just like... And what's the main drag in Broadway. Nash- Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those. that's where all the honkies are. That's where... Honkies. Dolly first started performing. It's where you can go and get the boots for, like, two for 40 bucks or whatever. Um, so some of my favorite people live in Nashville or are from Nashville. So I don't want to hit like diss on it too much, but that's what's so silly about this auction where I'm like, what night are are we supposed to be pretending it's like the CMA award or the CMAs or something? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, we also live in a part of the Seattle area that I think is a bit more conservative. It's still moderate compared to the, but the amount of pickup trucks that are in the school pickup line for this area, it's like, none of those people live on ranches. They're not. Nobody's towing. No one's towing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not hauling anything. I just, it's. I'm like, why do you need a vehicle this size? What are you looking forward to? Can we just talk about the cat real fast? He's. I don't want to talk about a cat. <sighs> I don't even want to have a cat. The dog behind you, though. Look how comfy she looks on those pillows. Audio medium. Audio medium dharma looks very comfortable on a pile of pillows <gasps> hi she's just the best girl all right go ahead what are you looking forward to you know a silly thing i'm looking forward to silly well i think it's silly because it's a plane flight and mm. there are a lot of people who fly for their work all the time all the time you know Twice a week, whatever it is. Yeah. But since you and I moved back from Germany, we really haven't. And before that, there was COVID and like people weren't traveling. People weren't going places. So you and I both used to travel a lot for work. Yeah. A lot. A couple of times, maybe maybe weekly or every other week or. Yeah. I had Some, status on two separate airlines. Sometimes you would go to three different destinations in a week. Yeah. Uh, Which actually, <laughs> I, I don't miss that. No. It, what's really funny is that when we first met, you and I, you used to talk about how you loved airports and you loved to travel. Yeah. And then at some point oh, you're no, like, what a baby. Well, now I need to 
do that twice a week, you're like, I fucking hate it. I don't want to be here. I'm not. And and yeah. you you perfected the whole like how what's the minimum amount of time I can be in that airport? Yeah. What's the absolute latest minute I could get in an Uber to get there? I would track order- it down. It would basically be like my flight takes off at this. They board 40 minutes before takeoff. I know I need to be at the airport 30 minutes before boarding to make sure I have enough time to. And I had all of this stuff. TSA pre-check, clear. I didn't even bring luggage. I like the thing that the thing the thing that I I that you actually buffered in was like when do you board ahead of thing? Because some people would be like, yes, they do board forty minutes ahead of time, but I can get there forty fifteen minutes ahead of time and still be. There. So your your goal was basically like to leave the house, get to the airport, get through security, walk to your terminal, get on your plane, and go. You didn't want like any lag. You didn't want like. I have to I have to spend 15 minutes here or 30 minutes here or I don't want to spend time in the airport. If I I would I had planned it to such a degree where I knew if I I could leave the house two exactly 2 hours before the plane took off and that was as much time as I needed to with mental ease get through security and to the thing, and maybe also have time to buy like a bottle of water, some gum, a coffee, whatever. Yeah. I have travel coming up. I have a flight. I'm going to go down to San Francisco and then go over to Sacramento where I will meet you and you'll be there. Yep. Uh, for an event. And then we will fly back together home. We shouldn't be coy about it. We are going down to Sacramento to have a reunion with the people who worked in the Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger administration. And that's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Arnold's going to be there. It's a commemoration of basically 20 years from the recall campaign Mm -hmm. when he became governor. Yep. And... You and I weren't there at that time. We came in like three years later at his re-election. But so many people that we know and worked with in the trenches, it's going to be really fun. It'll be really nice. Yeah. My Robert, our friend, who he was the one, well, I would say he didn't actually hire me on the campaign. He just kind of inherited me. Exactly. Uh would he have hired Would me? Would he have hired you? I don't Great. know. Let's ask him that question. <laughs> well, he he hired me from intern to full-time staff. So maybe there that there you go. Um but he'll be there one of my old bosses um she worked at the administration and we worked together at a public affairs firm. She's going to be I mean I like it'll just be so nice to see people and get together and um i i think we had just such a wonderful time living in sacramento we made so many friends if you are still listening you clearly like something about this podcast i do not know what tell us what you can tell us in many ways one way is you can email us at our daily Ooh, red like pot. Hey, no, don't talk over this. This spicy. is the important part. Oh. This is the important part. All right, do it. T- 
Tell us what you like. Like glorious. <laughs> Do you not want feedback? Only positive feedback, as the listeners know. How would they give us the positive feedback? Instagram. Uh, no, it's okay. Do do your little email thing. Do it. Go on. Say it. Go on. <laughs> He's looking at me and shaking his head. We would love to know what you like about this podcast, and there are many ways you can tell us. One of those ways is simply to like this at whatever podcast uh, service you're listening to, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple, uh, all of those, and then give us how many stars? Five golden stars. No less than five stars. Or you can email us at ourdailyredpod at gmail.com. How do you spell that? Well, our daily red red. You can spell it R-E-D or R-E-A-D. Our daily red pod at gmail.com. Uh we're on Instagram, I think. At yeah. what? Our daily red pod. At Instagram.com. Well, it's on Instagram. You I don't search do it. the Instagram. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. You're such a Gen Xer. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. I have so many accounts these days. Our Daily Red with an A pod. Yep. There you go. We really need to tighten up this whole like this has gone last I, I, this segment. This is Paso Robles wine. It's the high alcohol content. It's this is why this is like a an event, not a regular occurrence these days. Okay, Ugh. it's good, but I am ready for bed. At the end of the day, yes, this podcast is about you and me. Yep. So are we good? you always ask that it's not like our marriage is in like on, on the precipice that means we're good i know but you make it sound like i you we have to do a daily check-in so we're good that's a little weird are we good i mean sure if that makes you feel better <laughs> we're good right oh my gosh look at this cat he's so fuck sweet. the cat are we good yeah yes but the kitty look at him hey. oh my god loki love you i love you too i also love loki god damn it <laughs>